The Rights to Ricky Sanchez podcast, this one that you're listening to right now, is brought to you by Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Get yours at bigbarker.com slash Ricky. The Colony Meadery, the official gluten-free booze made from honey of the process, and Kinetic Skateboarding. Get 9.1% off your first order at kineticskateboarding.com with promo code Dave Silver. On the show today, boy, the Corey Brewer experience continues even when the Sixers lose. What a world we've entered into. Uh, also a world with maybe the most questionable starting lineup in in a very long time last night for the 76ers. Of course, it's another week, so there is more Jimmy Butler stuff in the media and a really, really great Lorenzo Brown mailbag we have today. Um, before we get going, Fly the Process 4 now has less than 50 tickets left, 50 spots left for Fly the Process 4. So if you're putting that off to go to Minnesota with us at the end of March, do not put that off any longer. Hopefully at the end of March, it is above the negative 25 that it is right now in Minneapolis. Um, that's it. Without any further ado, here is Run the Jewels. We are the murderers there. That with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke pounds of the push. Holy, I'm burning the bush. Now I give a fuck about none of this shit. Two runner over and out of this bitch. Welcome to the Rice to Ricky Sanchez podcast. I'm Spike Eskin, along with a guy who just heard Run the Jewels while we're recording for the first time since we added the song. That is Mike Levin. Hi, Mike. Mm. Good morning. <laughs> You're really, it up. <laughs> really woke me up. <laughs> uh, we are using, not that you care at all, the listener, but we are using a, a new thing that allows us to actually hear the music and not have to do it in post-production. It's, it's a new world for all of us. Uh, I don't know how it's going to work out, but um, I'm happy to give it a try. Mike, <clears throat> can I ask you something? Please. I'm watching that that game last night, and all I can think while watching the uh, Doa, Doe Nikola Jokic is that on every post-up, he clears out with his off arm, <clears throat> like literally every time. Am I crazy watching that? Am I just being a homer? But uh, He doesn't extend. They give you the like, you can sort of chicken wing a little bit. You can throw an elbow out a little bit, but they don't, he doesn't extend as much. But yeah, he does it some. He's just really big and he's good. I know you don't like him, but he's he's definitely good. Uh, I it was really disappointing to not see. I'm glad that they gave him be the night off a back sure. injury or not back injury, but really sort of disappointing when the other team's best play is their center not to see Embiid in that game. Yeah, I'm glad that happened. It felt like a nice little mid-process game. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, sure let's did. take let's take a break from all this like winning and intensity, and let's just dial it back to 2014. Yeah, it was sort of nice going into a game expecting that they would lose and not really being bothered if if they lost at all. But then it really kicked it into full process gear when I looked at the starting lineup. That was Ben Simmons, J.J. Redick, Jonah Bolden, T.J. McConnell, and Corey Brewer, which is is as it was like a nice taste. I felt like for Ben Simmons to see what the process really was like, because yeah. he didn't really get to experience it. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. I would have. It would have been nice if we had. You know, you may as well have just started Fultz in this game. It's like, a, hey, why not? 
who else who yeah. else is there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's the only game that we have to talk about. But um, get you know get healthy, take a game off. I, I bet I bet if this if this stretch was going worse, then they would have Brett would have played more of those guys. I think this is a let's lose this one. Let's just be okay with <laughs> let's be okay with not playing him in Denver in the altitude. Embiid needed a break anyway. Butler's wrist is hurting. Let's just pretty much fold it, which I think is smart. I think that's a very Spursian thing to do. It's like you're going to lose some games. It's going to happen. So if you're going to lose, you may as well lose in style. <laughs> <laughs> was that style, that was style. <laughs> last night? Yeah. That was style. All right. Before we get into the style, the Willie Green Apple Podcast five-star review, uh, you can leave it for us right there in the review box on Apple Podcasts or iTunes. We love it so much. <clears throat> we can't wait to get to 3,000. This one comes from Aaron Baines' three-point shot. Despite having only read Lord of the Flies, Spike Eskin displays an... I, I don't feel like this guy has ever listened to the podcast... Spike Eskin displays an encyclopedic knowledge of all things dog bed and Sixers basketball related on this legendary podcast. As a Sixers fan living in Celtics country, I can safely say that Mike's pure straight hatred for Boston is what gets me through these hellish winters. A great pod that never disappoints. Thank you for the five stars. I appreciate it. Uh, Have I mentioned Lord of the Flies more than once? Is that why... I or think, did I say that was the only book I, I had, had ever read? I think you've mentioned it on a couple of occasions. Yeah, I, I haven't read a lot of books all the way through. I didn't really, it was the only book I ever read in school all the way through. So maybe I've said that before. I It's amazing the number of books you can get through in high school without actually reading them. A couple I didn't get through without reading them. What was the one? <sighs> Shoot, I'm going to think of it. So I'm glad I didn't read it though. So uh, that game last night, I th- the most there were only two real takeaways that I or three real takeaways that I took from it. First of all, the Sixers really do not have a backup center. Um, second of all, uh, I, I'm I I think we really need to dive into this Corey Brewer thing. <laughs> and then uh, third of all, the only thing you know, it would have been nice if Simmons had a. Um, uh, a great game last night to sort of keep him in. It, it was not a great Simmons game. The one thing that I saw last night that I, I've thought when I've watched him a lot that I'd like that he try a little bit more is he he's not real big on finishing strong through contact. Yeah. So a lot of his a lot of his like power dunks are when there's nobody there, and when there is somebody there, he usually tries to lay it up and avoid contact, which I guess is partially because of the free throw stuff. But um, even given that it's not like he's shooting 35% from the line, even given the free throw issues, I'd really rather he finish stronger through contact and not try those layups and maybe get fouled on a couple of them. Like at least you're drawing fouls at that point. See, I actually don't think it's because of the free throw thing. I think that's just because that's just sometimes like how you play. And it's, it's just a matter of like, you know, going in with the mindset and like working at it. Cause there's things that you can say like before the game or when you're not out there, but when you're trying to finish, it's just like, I'm, this is the, this is how I've always done it. He's always been like pretty much the fastest guy on the court. Yeah. I think he, I think it's just a matter of, you know, the game slowing down for him a little bit more taking it, whether it's one more dribble or like one like pivot 
and then just dunking or yeah just being like i'm so much bigger and stronger than this guy there's no way that he's gonna stop me just like you know eat somebody's heart and finish through contact that's absolute. we talked about it last playoffs in the in one of the playoff series and uh he's got good touch around the rim but sometimes it just not it just isn't there and this is one of those games where he was getting to pretty much all the spots he wants to get to, but things were just rimming out and limiting those opportunities where it's just like, if I can get my hands on the rim, like go for it. Yeah. It sort of reminds me of Thad Young, who was a guy that I always yeah. wanted to try to dunk on people a little bit more than he ever, he ever did. Uh, and, and it is, I, I try not to make the LeBron comparison a lot with Simmons, but one of the things that early period LeBron did is I, a friend of mine used to, who doesn't like LeBron used to say he doesn't have any moves. He just, he's stronger than everybody and he gets to the rim. And I would be like, well, that's all he needs to do. And that's the, one of the sort of things that to your point that Ben, that, that I, I would imagine eventually will come with Simmons, but it came earlier with LeBron, I guess, because he, um, he was not as creative offensively, but LeBron would just be like, well, I'm stronger than you and I'm faster than you and I'm, I'm going to get there. Foul me if you have to. And that is something that I think Simmons is really capable of. Who isn't like, he's not like a, he's a, a good ball handler in the half court, but he's not great. And it, it does seem like he could utilize that a little bit more, draw some fouls and and probably surprise himself about how well he'd be able to finish through that contact. Absolutely. Too. Seven of 10 from the line last night though. Take that. Yeah. 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 And I would, especially more than anything, the 10, you know, uh, he's at, I think, uh, five and a half free throw attempts per game, but he could, you know, and beat his second in the league, I think around 10 and Harden's obviously first. I don't see any reason why, why Ben Simmons couldn't get to the line 10 times a game. Yeah. I really don't. I mean, if he, if he decided to. So, Absolutely. uh, what, how long does this Corey Brewer thing last? I don't know. Because... I, I'm really loving it. Uh, like every part of it. It's just, it's one of the greatest things ever. Yeah. He's, uh, oh, <laughs> this is a really weird moment. I, I'm very surprised that this didn't happen during the process era. The fact that it's happening to like a mostly normal ass team is pretty, su- pretty surprising. Um, makes you think, man, could have had this guy a couple months earlier. Yeah, a lot of people have said Maybe that. Don't you know? Run your current players into the ground. Um, how long does it last? I don't know. Maybe he just has really fresh legs, and everybody else is tired from the season. But he's getting to the rim. He got to the rim a bunch of times last night. A couple like strong finishes. A couple like finesse finishes. He's defending. He's still being a piece of shit on defense. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. I really don't know. There's a reason why he was unsigned, and it's because he is very mediocre. It's too good for the NBA. It's too good for the NBA. It's the only reason. The Adam Dave Silver, rather, must have told teams, you cannot have more than a half a season of Corey Brewer because of his incredible impact. That's the only thing I it's think. It's like he went away for half a season he says he was like playing with his kids, but I, he might have just been living in like a cave in like the like the <laughs> Middle Ages because he like without a razor, he, like, without, no, razor. no razor. He like just kind of went a little crazy, and, and, and everyone's like he kept himself in good shape. Well, it's because he's been like just hunting for fish by himself because he's 
Absolutely living off the land. <laughs> it, it's He's going to show up to a game with, with blood dripping down his face because he had just killed his his most recent yeah. meal. You, you think I, of like, you think it, of those kinds of players and it's like, you know, Nikola Pekovic, but like mm-hmm. Corey Brewer has, there's an unhinged element to Corey Brewer that you don't often see from skinny dudes. And it's it's the sort of thing where when he's being super annoying, it's almost like the other player is going to look at him and think about getting mad, but then realize like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't you don't fight the guy with the crazy eyes mm-hmm. because you don't you don't know what's going to happen. That's it. Like he is he's like on defense. He's sort of like TJ on steroids in that TJ does the thing on the inbound pass. But that thing, it seems like Corey Brewer is trying to do all the time, you uh-huh. know, <laughs> trying to make, it's just, it's truly the greatest. Now, he has not historically been a very good shooter. And obviously he's going to have an 0 for 6 or 0 for 7 game from 3 that might bring us back to uh, to earth. And I, I do agree with you. I, I actually think the fresh legs thing is something. Here's a guy who has not, that the grind of the year isn't there. So he's, you know, running back at, you know, at game 14 legs and that all of a sudden this guy you think he's better than he is because he has fresher legs than anybody else does but i I don't know he uh i don't want to make actually i do want to make too much of it the the energy that he has brought i think has freshened up the team i don't know how how the other players feel about him but i think he's wonderful and i surely hope he's here for the rest i think they feel positive i think the only person that doesn't is probably corkmas and there was a there was a moment last night when all the so the game was over. Corkmaz was at the line shooting three. It was the last like possession of the game, and then they cut to the Sixers bench, and everyone is like talking to each other, but holding either their shirts or their towels in front of their face. Do you remember that? Did you watch all the way to the end? I did watch all the way to the end, but I don't remember seeing that. It was like they were whispering to each other and didn't want obviously any like lip readers. How many lip readers are really watching the NBA anyway? Uh, well. Maybe not live, but afterward, sure. just about sure. everybody. If you say something, somebody will find it. It made me think, like, what are they saying? Do they not like Corkmaz? I was wondering. I don't know. I think Corkmaz might be. It might. It, it might we've made it come back around to be like, probably just find it and not pick up his option because <laughs> he's buried on the bench. If Corey Brewer is getting 32 minutes a game and, and Corkmaz can, 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 can't even play 10. I mean, Shake Milton's very good. We'll get to that. Um, but I, you have to wonder, like, we just signed Corey Brewer to a second ten day. Mm-hmm. They're keep that that will extend until what, like the two days before, two the, days deadline. before the deadline. I I think it's probably smart to keep their options open like that. And for who sure, knows maybe maybe Amir is traded for something more useful. Maybe uh, maybe finally there's a false trade, although I doubt it. Um, but you have to wonder, like. If it shakes out that they don't make any major moves at the deadline, and maybe maybe like say you lose Amir for a, a buyout candidate, I mean Corey Brewer's playing major playoff minutes for this team. He's in the rotation. 100%. I, they don't. Have, yeah, I mean, there's no. I mean, look for all of his his potential uh, potential downside. Uh, he's going to play in the playoffs over Corkmas. Like the, there's there's no way that Brett Brown wouldn't rather have. Brewer on the court than Corkmas in the playoffs, I'm thinking. So it does seem like if Amir can't get off the court, 
would, would they cut a guy just to keep Brewer on the roster if if there's also a buyout guy that they want? I don't know. Maybe. I don't know how much if they want to eat yeah. that. But I mean, right now, say you go to an eight man playoff rotation, it's if you go to nine man, it's it would be the regular starting five, and then TJ Shamit, Brewer, and some combination of Muscala or Bolton. Muscala, yeah, if yeah. they want. Uh, energy or something so that's if yeah i don't know i, I don't know i don't <laughs> so know weird. is that is, is we're gonna be well, making a difference in the playoffs because it seems like right now he's kind of saved the season well we already had the cory brewer game in the regular season so i think we're owed at least one cory brewer game in the postseason that's what i would say um i don't want to spend too long in this game but but milton was the other thing whether there were two other things i think that we saw that are worth talking about one is um is Shamit playing point and then the other thing is Milton hitting shots by the way the the two minutes that uh Hightower Haysmith Highwood was in the game boy on offense did he not know where to go oh yeah like he was looking he was looking at the other guys sort of like I don't know what I'm supposed to do here I'll just set a screen uh Shamit at point was something that he obviously played in uh in college a lot and looked Pretty competent last night. I mean, it's a, a good another option if you want a shooter on the court rather than McConnell in certain situations to play with Ben. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they did. They definitely let Ben basically just be a four man uh, last mm-hmm. night, and to some extent play five. It's crazy that Ben can play, can cover. I mean, he didn't do a great job on Jokic. He's just so fucking big, um, but he can make do on Jokic and then also like Kemba Walker. It's like, it's, it's crazy that he's that versatile. Like he came into the league, not defense was not his calling card. And th- the fact that he's that it's unbelievable. Uh, don't trade him. That'd be crazy. Anyway, shake just like knew what he was doing. Ste- like competently stepped into some threes, dribbled around a little bit. Uh, I've been watching his G league highlights uh, and he's been playing well. Hasn't has been hasn't been like taking a ton of threes, which which was concerning me a little bit. But it's clear that when he's up here, he will fly to the corner and be fine, just stepping into shots. When he's there in Delaware at the new Seventy Sixers Fieldhouse, where I would like to go one time, I would definitely yeah. like to check out check that check that game out. Um, they he like dribbles into the mid range a little bit. Like he's attacking, he's he's taking what the defense gives him. And there was one play last night that looked very similar where he drove in off a I, I think off a contest and uh got stonewalled, did a little half spin, and then took like a twelve footer. He's just really competent. Like he's really like solid and smart and knows what he's doing. Um and I really would definitely like to see him sign like a nice like four year eight million dollar deal this offseason to be with the team he doesn't he doesn't look like a spaz he looks like it does remind me a little bit of how Shamit looked in the beginning or even um how i i think that the sixers drafted uh even how zaire smith looked in the beginning in that the sixers drafted it does look like three guys who uh, even though are all projecty in different sorts of ways, do seem uh, body wise. I will say that they don't seem like NBA players yet. Even Shake doesn't. But uh, well, take, but it does take, look. Shake, uh, Zaire lost fifty pounds, so 
He yes, was, he, yes. But he, even when he, he played, look he looked small. More yeah. like an NBA player when he wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Almost dead. Yeah. He but but uh but Shake Milton does look like he knows what he's doing and where to go and what to do. And his job on this team is going to be more to hit to shoot open shots when they're there and uh and when they're going in, it looks looks great like it did last night. Uh, anything else on this game before we get to the other mm, stuff? I wish we got more Bolden time. He he wasn't he didn't yeah. play well defensively. I think Brett was just like tired of it. Um, that that wasn't that fun. Uh, TJ played fine. I mean that it's it's yeah it's the 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 TJ Ben minutes are something that we just should monitor going forward because it's like TJ hit a three last night which was nice, but it's so it, you still have to have like an ocean between him for him to take that shot. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what this team looks like in the playoffs because they still have so many guys that are specialisty, and it's not a they're they're for the most part not in a positionless lineup moment. Like there's some time last night where I mean I know everybody's hurt, but uh, TJ JJ Shamit was a lineup out there, and Shamit's defense definitely improved. But it's just like man, that is. That's a rough. Yeah. It's a rough defensive unit. So I don't know. I, I wonder. I wonder if maybe there's a bigger trade deadline thing happening. Whether it's, uh, whether it includes TJ or whether it includes you know Wilson Chandler or Scala. I don't know. I, I they've been saying we're not done. We're not done. And maybe that means you know a Dwayne Dedman buyout. But well, maybe it means something bigger. I don't it, know. It, yeah, we'll see in a week and a half whether they're done or not. You know, like, well, that 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 answer is is soon enough. You know, at least trade wise, whether they're done or not. Um, and you know, Kyle wrote a thing. Kyle Newbeck wrote a thing last week about the the Simmons TJ minutes and how they're not good. And like to a certain extent, there's not enough competent NBA players to avoid it all that much. But I do think the more that Ben has experimented, not being a point guard, you know, like doing the the forward minutes. I think the more he can do that, the less tenuous those minutes will become with them together. Obviously, it's not optimal having two ball handlers, uh, neither one being a shooter. But I I do think it's possible to run a lineup in there in short bursts with with the both of them on the court. And you're really not going to be able to avoid it all that much yeah. anyway. So. And, and just last thing, uh, just playing Denver yep. uh, once again makes you realize like – how you can have a deep team just by drafting well in the second in like the late first and early second round. Yep. And I think the Sixers yep. uh most recent draft class is a good example of like, hey, we got three guys that seem to be uh useful going forward and hopefully we'll be on the team for plenty of years each. But it's it, you know, it's been in- inexcusable over over that couple years when you just kind of forget about trying to integrate guys in the second round and be like, well, where, where do we, why do we have all these useless vets? It's like, well, they're, they're free if you draft them and you can draft well. So please do it. Well, just wait, wait on Pesechniks. Just wait on them. Uh, if you ever play, if you ever play in, for the Sixers, we, we would have something, we would have to do something absolutely great. Yeah. Yep. Like, uh, well, I don't, I don't think we're gonna have to start planning that anytime soon. True. The, uh, 
<laughs> take a break to talk about our uh, our sponsor, Big Barker Therapeutic Dog Beds. Uh, this month, uh, the rights Ricky Sanchez uh, sponsored the adoption of uh, a dog over at the Providence Animal Center. We try to do that every month. Uh, this month, he he went home yesterday. Doctor Benjamin, uh, which is one of the best dog names in the world, made me want to adopt him. Uh, um, found his his forever home, so we sponsored his adoption, and he's going to get a big Barker dog bed. So Doctor Benjamin will have his joints resting on a proper mattress for the rest of his life. That's what the big Barker dog bed is, and that is the difference between that and every other dog bed on the market. The other dog beds. As, as you've pointed out over and over again, not real beds, basically just bullshit, glorified blankets. How would your joints feel if you slept on a blanket every night on the floor? Maybe some of our listeners know. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like it would be comfortable. So dogs have joints just like we do. Dogs get older just like we do. Dogs develop arthritis just like we do. That's why it's so important that that dog sleeps on a proper mattress. And the Big Barker, which is handmade right here in the United States of America and engineered so your dog's joints are proper, properly supported, um, is the right dog, is the right dog bed for your dog. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. Go to bigbarker.com slash Ricky. If you get your Big Barker there, they will donate $50 for every bed to the Providence Animal Center. And if your dog is big, especially over 50 pounds, over 80% of those dogs develop arthritis as they age. Here's the other thing. Not a cheap bed, but also not a cheaply made bed. It's going to last you 10 years. There's a 10-year warranty. The foam won't flatten or they will replace it for free. And a one-year at-home trial. If you don't like it, if your dog doesn't like it, they'll give you a free ref- a full refund and they will even pay for shipping. Once again, bigbarker.com slash Ricky, bigbarker.com slash Ricky, Big Barker Oof, Dog Beds. Wah, wah. Uh, Jimmy Butler, a couple of Jimmy Butler things I wanted to hit on this week. First, Zachy McMullen was on the Zach Lowe podcast, suggested Jack, that Jimmy Butler is, quote, on thin ice and uh, suggested people with the team, uh, I think her quote was, uh, how he is, they don't like it. Um, Zach Lowe had their just scorching take that maybe they'll give him five years, 170 million instead of five years, 190, which I, I don't think is, is too consequential, uh, to this discussion, but, uh, her talking about that. And then the always reliable Chris Broussard, um, suggested that the Lakers trade for him because of their, uh, the idea of, you know, obviously they, they have Anthony Davis dreams, but the other guys, Durant's not going there. Uh, Kawhi probably not going there, so on and so forth. Um, and then on top of all of it, there is the wrist situation. He went and saw a wrist specialist, the wrist specialist, and he he had surgery on that wrist, said that it was just uh, a sprained wrist, but that is last night was the eighth game he's missed so far since he's been here. So any any take on any of these things in particular mm. or no? He flew from Los Angeles to Denver to get there with his teammates before game time, even though we are going going right back to LA. And that to me is just the mark of a oh, of guy who's bought in, really good teammate. <laughs> just a hundred percent in. <sighs> Gotta respect it. There for his guy. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, Nothing I think, else. I, I, think yeah. I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. Like Yeah. To some extent, if you're a 
a sourced reporter, you're talking about the Sixers, like you want to seem like you're into it. So you're saying like, yeah, Jimmy Butler, not happy with it. They're not, they're not happy with him. It's like, I, I think I'm not saying it's not real, but I think to some extent, like, uh, sourced reporting about their unhappiness begets more sourced reporting about their unhappiness. And it's not like, I don't know. I, I, I think it's, it's impossible to actually sure. know. I just, I, I just don't I, think, I, I just don't I think it's say, like, oh, go ahead, they go keep, ahead. everyone keeps individually going to reporters and being like, another thing happened. We hate him. Like, I just don't, I just don't know. Yes, that I, I agree. Well, I, I buy that it exists, but I also buy that it's possible that a lot of reporters are discovering the same exact yeah. thing, which makes it sound like more right. than it is. Maybe that's, yeah. that's what it is. I, I think it is, my guess would be, this is my guess. My guess would be it is not tenuous enough for them to be out on the entire experience yet. Um, and also not tenuous enough for them to make a trade unless somebody were to blow them away. Like a lot of people were asking me, would you give him up for Brandon Ingram, Kyle Kuzma, and Lonzo Ball? Like, yes, I'm, but they're not trading you all of that for him. So you can forget that. Like, that's not going to happen, especially if they need it, especially if they need to make a uh, an Anthony Davis trade this summer. They they need at least one of those guys for that trade. Yeah, so, I I agree. Um, I would um a trade that does work is uh Jimmy for Lonzo, KCP, and Josh Hart. And that is something that I, I would I would do that in a second. I I do like Jimmy, but I I Lonzo here would be really very cool. Uh well Josh, Josh Hart, Hart would be very cool. KCP would be totally fine. Um that'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to have Lonzo and Simmons on the same team. And then also Markel. <laughs> Repeatedly passing it back yeah. to each other yeah. over and over and Lonzo's over again really, as the shot really fun to watch. He's he obviously he's changed his shot a little bit to get it off quicker, off the dribble. Still not great at it, but like you know when you have Simmons and Embiid, and you don't really need Lonzo taking a ton of shots off the dribble. He can just, if he, he doesn't have to hit his ceiling to be like a useful player for us. He's a good defensive player. Uh, r- runs out uh, in transition, which Brett likes. Uh, really fun, a different kind of passer than Simmons. Um, ben makes tough passes and is always looking around. Lonzo seems to make very like intuitive passes as well, in like a different sort of feel kind of way. Not better or worse. It's like, yeah, borderline hot potato ish sometimes yeah, when you're watching. Sure. Like, yeah, um, he'd be he'd be a fun a fun guy to grow. I would not like the uh, ball experience outside of Lonzo, um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I wonder. I wonder if the Lakers would do something like that, and I wonder if the Sixers would uh, are even entertaining the idea. The idea that, that a, a team, a contending team that's starting to look better, would, after acquiring a guy midseason, would also trade this guy midseason. That just doesn't seem like it, it would happen to me, but clearly a, a odd circumstance, so... Maybe. Yeah, I think they would listen. I, I I think all things add up to, and what I mentioned on last pod, they would rather, all things considered, see how the year ends up and then make a decision rather than because I don't think the the what you're going to get back is what you're is what you're talking mm-hmm. about. Like I think you're you're just not going to get that sort of stuff back. So I think they would oh, guess even, even that giving that it. A, yeah, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think they would. Because all you're buying is the right to give him five years. Right. And I, I would buy trading for Butler because the, the Lakers aren't winning the championship this year. So um, so I think that's all you're buying. And it's just that's a heavy price right. to pay for the right to give it's him five years. It's tough for Luke Walton, who's been besieged by like, we're going to replace you rumors left and right. The Genie oh. Bus podcast with Zach Lowe had he, he was like there's a lot of rumors about people replacing luke you like luke are you can you like confirm that he's going to be here all year and she's like that's magic's department <laughs> it's like fuck it's got to be really tough like oh, luke yeah. came in he was he was this hot coach off, out of golden state he's a good coach he won a ton of games there he comes to the lakers they got a bad team but like they seem to be playing for him and having fun uh even in, was he there for kobe's last year no that was that was that was the year after um and then fucking right. LeBron comes in and it's like yeah. he has a history of coaches hard leaving. To <laughs> like it just he's gonna put yeah, a hard guy in there. Hard hard to believe that would happen. Hard to believe that would happen that uh LeBron it's it, it you wonder if maybe it's possible that Ty Lu shows up there. You wonder That'd if maybe really it's funny. possible. The only question there there is no way Luke Walton is coaching there next year. The only question is whether he makes it through this year or not. Like there's no way. Uh, I look forward to uh, Brett Brown coaching tree Luke Walton as his new assistant next year. Yep. I would love to have him. Um, before, we have some good mailbag questions. Before we get to them, can I, I, I feel like I have another good jigsaw. I know it's it's brazen to do two in one week, but I feel like I have another Please. good jigsaw. All right, let's do it. Play. I will play this game. Game play. I will play this game. I miss you. I will play this game. I- I'm worried. Play. I will play this game. And after the game, they were interviewing him, and they said, "How does it feel to win the ultimate game?" And he said, "If it's the ultimate game, why are they playing it again next year?" All right. The the uh, <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Um, the jigsaw is when I give uh, I give Mike two bad choices and he has to decide between the two the rules here and and underberger was complaining about them is that he says like i just sort of like make up the rules as i go along the rules are always this is for the rest of your life and you cannot like cheat the system to circumvent what the choice is so you know on last week's jigsaw or last time's jigsaw jason lipschitz was like well, with the Southern accent thing, maybe I would just disappear for a couple of years and come back with a Southern accent all the time. And that is circumventing the awkwardness of just having a Southern accent when you are giving serious news. So here are your choices this time. Number one, you have to give everybody in your life a nickname and call them by it. Uh, Loved ones, friends, people you work with. And it has to be like an obvious nickname, not just shortening their name. So you know, everything is uh, Black Mamba, you know, that level, not necessarily that bad, but everyone's got to have a nickname, sort of like Andy Bernard in the office. Or um, anytime you're in a car with somebody and they're driving, you have to sit in the back seat um, if you're a passenger, or if you're driving, you have to ask them to sit in the back seat. You can never give a reason for this. You just have to tell them to do it. Uh, Okay. Okay. Um, I think it's very clearly the backseat stuff. Oh, yeah, really? How often, I mean, how often do you drive people around? Well, not that often. And if it's, and if, how often are you driving someone that's not like a good friend around? And if it's a good friend, it's like, just sit in the fucking yeah. backseat. 
But then you, what if you're going somewhere, you're working, I know, and you don't work in a, a the normal everyday office, but you're working in an office, you have to go somewhere with your boss, that person drives, and you just casually you turn into a bit. You turn, you turn into a bit. A, oh, sorry, this is kind of like, a new, like an Uber thing for me. I just don't want to be seen in the front. <laughs> okay. All right. Time for, uh, you know, we'll make the Lorenzo Brown mailbag because uh, AU is not on this week. Lorenzo Brown mailbag is brought to you by Kinetic Skateboarding. Um, the uh, Ricky, Rice Ricky Sanchez snapback hat sold, sold out. out by 10 a.m. Sold out. Yeah, by 10 a.m. the next day. We did 76 of them, uh, half in black, half in red. They're going to have a couple of them in the store. But uh, we'll do another run of different colors at some point in the next coming months. So thanks to Kinetic Skateboarding, um, you can get 9.1% off your first order at kineticskateboarding.com. You can't get the Ricky hat right now, but you can get you know Nike's Converse fans, all that stuff. Uh, this is a good email. This is from Eric. I don't think I really have a question, but something of a predicament. I'm a Bulls fan that became invested in the process and Sam Hinkie in the same way that anyone wants to win an argument becomes invested in their side. I first heard of the podcast through the early lottery parties and started listening after the Hinky Bow Board. The last couple of years, while the Bulls have been incompetently mismanaged, while the Bulls have competent, incompetently mismanaged the team to hell, I've watched Brian Colangelo do the same to the Process Sixers. Nevertheless, it was fun as hell to watch the process clearly work and be to become a top 10 player and guys like Dario play well. Just as the fruits of the process yielded an incredibly fun team, the Colangelo era has stripped the team of that fun, and all that remains are Embiid and TJ. Now that Hinky is twice removed and the process player is mostly gone, the team is becoming just another team to me. <laughs> Nobody likes Jimmy Butler. The surrounding pieces are largely uninspiring, and Simmons isn't really a guy you root for from afar. I had hoped Fultz would help the Sixers keep, keep the Sixers fun, and that has not happened. I still love Embiid, but I have no real reason to remain invested in the team. Like I said, I don't really have a question. And obviously, as Sixers fans, you will have a different perspective about the team. But surely, I'm not the only one. What are your thoughts? Uh, interesting. When they, be, I mean, yeah, I, I think, obviously disagree with the Simmons thing, but um, yeah. you know, TJ and Embiid, very rootable. Uh, Brett, I would say, very rootable. I think the all three guys that they drafted are are guys you can get behind and, and feel excited by. I wish Sham had had a little bit more, you know, personality. Um, but Zaire Zaire definitely does in like a bizarre way. I'm excited to see how Zaire like looks on this team and how how people like react to it. Just. He's he's mm-hmm. so athletic. Yeah. He's so like shockingly athletic when he when he gets up. It's like it's it's sudden. It's like somebody just pulled a knife. Um, he's gonna dunk oh on somebody. God. He's gonna he's, dunk he, on well, somebody. Well, first of all, yeah. Zaire back in the, but Zaire and Justin Patton back in the G League, um, starting various contact or non-contact uh, practicing with the team. So that's exciting. Yeah, Zaire's in Zaire's in the very early stages of it, no contact or anything, but him being down there, um, and to your point, in that incredible facility in Delaware, yeah. absolutely. So yeah. I think, I think the guys that you get excited by. I mean, look at the Warriors, right? And they're they're obviously five probable Hall of Famers uh, starting for them. But um, I think if I was a Warriors fan, I'd be like Alfonso McKinney, 
Like he's got it. Like he's a guy that we believe in. And like Jacob Evans, let's see if he. And you still like like Sean Sean Livingston and stuff. There's, I think you find guys. I think it's just young guys that you draft and see them get better and see them trying to work in and figure things out. Um, so hopefully that becomes like Zaire and Shake. And I I agree with him on false that false seems like a guy. If he does ever come back, it seems like it'd be like wow, this guy becoming a useful player is. Pretty impossible not to root for him if it, if he does, you know, return to form. Yeah, I don't think that's happening here. I think his, for what it's worth, I don't think that's at all happening here. If it does, maybe it'll happen somewhere, but I, I think that ship has probably sure. sailed here. But the uh, especially, you know, one of the things about Fultz is they have. We were, you, you were mentioning a couple of podcasts ago how they have so many free agents, like, and roster building will be tough. The other thing that becomes tough is trades because of salaries and Fultz has like that really tradable yeah. $8 million. Every time, um, every time people that, talk the, about the one, like those kinds of trades and it's like, well, well, Wilson Chandler and it's like, Wilson Chandler is suddenly a very important player to this team. Uh, yeah. And yeah. has been looking aside from last night where he had to uh, go to a, a, an underground lair and just collect <laughs> dust to reform eat brains uh, he <laughs> he has looked more alive lately yeah but i've decided the two well this is what we'll do we'll say there's walking dead wilson and world war z wilson world war z wilson was the guy that that blocked DeRozan. uh walking dead wilson was the guy that we saw the first two months of the mm-hmm. season so i i think the, the one thing that he brings up that i think has happened to a lot of people which i don't really know how to address because i'm not one of those people but there were a lot of people that seemed to become Sixers fans, for lack of a better word, because of the process that became invested because it became sort of like intelligence virtue signaling in that if you believed in this, you were smart. Not that they were being disingenuous, well, I, I guess. It's interesting. But, but like, and I think there were so many – we, yeah, we talked yeah. too much probably about the people from around the league that were just like, ah, fuck those guys that's never going to work. It's embarrassing, blah, blah, blah. But there were like this guy, like a solid number of people that were like, Oh, that's pretty cool. I respect what they're doing and what they're going for. And Sixers became like the second favorite team for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've thought about if I had more time, which I don't, but you know, there are teams like that around the NBA that would probably be fun to follow if, you needed a, a second team to follow. So, and I do wonder what happens to a lot of those people as this thing evolves, as it's more at this point, it's more of our initial connection to the team that is causing this, that keeps us with it. In that I do understand if you were connected for that specific reason, how you could, you could sort of fall out of favor, you know, but it become less interesting in some way. I could certainly understand that. Um, before we finish up the mailbag, our final sponsor for the week, the Colony Meadery. Mead. The official Mead, M-E-A-D, not meat, not meat, but Mead is, uh, the Colony Meadery is the official gluten-free booze made from honey of the process. If you go to a bar or you're sitting there drinking at home and you're just drinking the same old bullshit, you are just wasting your life away, especially if if you're gluten free and you're like fuck I'll have another cider stop it just stop it there are better options for you mead is a as i mentioned a gluten free alcohol made from honey 
it sits in the cider beer wine world, except there are several more flavor options. And again, no gluten whatsoever. The Colony Meadery uh, from Allentown does it the right way. They have perfected mead. We trust them so much, we let them put our logo on one of their meads. Um, Lick Face Volume 1, the flavor swap, there's that mead, which is a pumpkin spice one. How about Seth's Left Arm, which is an apple mead? T-Tax, an Arnold Palmer mead? Grapefruit League, an obvious grapefruit mead? Just sweet enough, Colony Meadery. Um, And those are the canned ones. If you get the bottled ones like Wu-Tang Cran, uh, that alcohol percentage goes up to like 12 or 13%. Colony Meadery available in all Wegmans in Eastern PA. Um, and right there on the website, colonymeadery.com, colonymeadery.com. Use the uh, code Ricky for $5 off. Colonymeadery.com. Use the code Ricky for $5 off. Also, if you're ever in the area, go to the Meadery Tap Room in Allentown, get a tour, do some tastings. Drink mead. Stop being an asshole. Uh, must be 21 to drink. Please get buzzed responsibly. All right. Uh, I had this guy clarify. Scott gave us a, cr- a question on Twitter. Dave Silver tries to make amends by telling Elton Brand that the Sixers can pick one former Sixer from any current roster, and he'll make the team waive them so the Sixers can sign them. Who are you picking? You can't pick Covington or Dario. Now, there are two options here. I'll make you pick from both. One is you can take any Sixer all time. And then the other option is it has to be a process sixer, so post Drew yeah. trade. I so think post, that's, I think that's post Drew trade it should be that one. Yeah. Okay. Um, what do you, who are you taking? So that that means no right. Drew. Um, my first instinct was I think go it's to easy. That's the problem. Jeremy or Nerlens. That was my f- first instinct. Yeah. Uh, Covington is excluded. Ba- he, interesting he didn't say Bayless. We could get Bayless back. <laughs> Who is playing? Played 40 I minutes know, last night, crazy. by the way, Jared Bayless. Yeah. Um, I'd probably say, uh, I don't know. I, I might say Jeremy. Yeah, I'd say Jeremy too. I The the reason I would say Jeremy over Nerlens is that I think it's possible that we're using Jeremy 30 minutes a game with Embiid healthy. And really... With Embiid healthy, without Embiid healthy in the playoffs, you're not getting to the finals anyway. So I think Nerlens would be super helpful, but I I I think in the end it ends up being Jeremy. Is um, is there a world where yeah. Jonah Bolden just like is Jeremy Grant? Yeah, Fantasyland. It's uh, but, if you but like, if they're, you, they're body, maybe. they're similar body types. I think I think Jeremy a more fluid athlete. Um, but, but Jonah sort of like clunkily make, makes it work. Uh, definite, definite, like has bounced that the, the two blocks into the fast break dunk, uh, proves that. And he's getting more confident. I mean, shooting. for, for what it's worth, Jeremy is only one year older than, of Jonah course, Bolden. of course, the development cycle, Jeremy, yeah. Jeremy coming out of school and Jonah getting here. Like as far as NBA players, it might take him a couple of years, but I, I, I see there's the outline of a Jeremy Grant in there and it took Jeremy a couple years before he was like an Mm -hmm. actually good player rather than like a like like fake good potentially good player Um, well as a a credit to Hinky knowing that 
I mean, he said a bunch of times that the the most valuable thing and the hardest thing for a young player to get is NBA minutes, right? And what Jeremy Grant was able to do for the first two years of his few years of his young career is play so much that you know, and he needed every minute of that in retrospect. And it does seem like, given the Sixers, you know, uh, want to contend right now, that Bolden getting that sort of run is seems unlikely. So, you know, maybe I I, I understand what you're saying in that the the pro, the archetype is there, but yeah, f- for this year, I would certainly take. Yeah, it's hard. I'm looking at their stats now. Um, it's hard because Jonah plays some small all five. Jeremy kind of didn't the first few years of his career, so it's a little bit different. But Jonah, percentage-wise, much better than Jeremy was in the first couple of years of his career. Better uh, shooter, better rebounder, uh, not as good of a passer, higher block percentage, turns the ball over more. Um, I I think it could be there. I think the uh, like Jeremy went from his true shooting percentage year to year, uh, 470, 50.6, 55.6, 56.6, 60.7, 60.3 in the last two years. So he's, it, it, it like was pretty steady improvement. And that, that was both mm-hmm. him, uh, shooting better from three. And also I think just taking more shots that he's comfortable with. Like a lot of them, I'm sure are dunks, but, I I don't see why Jonah couldn't get there. That's what I'm saying. Well, I would say just because he's older and he, he would be closer mm-hmm. to there at this point. Mm-hmm. He should be closer. That would be my thought. Um, this comes from Eric Sr. Mailbag hypothetical. Would you be willing to sacrifice Ben Simmons, obviously the number one pick in 2016, if it meant that we picked number two overall instead and sustained Hinky as the general manager, and he'd still be general manager to this very day. I think we talked about this before. Um, uh, it's tough. I, I think no. They probably would have took Brandon Ingram, and Brandon Ingram is bad. Um, Simmons is good. I think I think you take Simmons over Hinky. As as crazy as that sounds, it's tough. Um, I. It's a very tough decision. I, I probably take Hinky, but it's like the percentage to me, it's like a 52 48 decision. So, um, especially given what our, our turn, uh, what our alternative was. Like, if you allowed me to pick the, if we could have had a, a, a better discussion about who replaced Sam, you mean maybe like it, it changes it a little like bit. So, you think yeah, more than just interviewing one person, I guess, besides the guy that <laughs> probably not, probably not. Um, uh, it's crazy uh, this is from Eric in Miami. Is Mike taking his candidates? Bro- they had that. They had that list ready to go mm-hmm. right away, and we didn't hear uh-huh. all the more. They kept, you know, the Sixers a notoriously tight-lipped organization. No leaks. All seventy-five having to stay in. <laughs> We never heard who they are, and then they and it's still like they did their due diligence. They interviewed everybody, everybody in the league, all the assistant managers, all the people. Maybe maybe they interviewed some agents to see if that they really like took their time with it, and it just everything led them back to the chairman's son, 
It's wild Son. that that happened. <laughs> it really what is. What are the odds? Um, uh, Eric in Miami wants to know if you're taking your girlfriend to the Lakers game and how will LeBron being on the team influence her, influence your demeanors at um, the game at all? Potentially going to the game, haven't fully locked it in yet. Uh, it doesn't. LeBron probably won't be playing still, right? Or he would be, would he be back. Oh, uh, right. That's a good she yeah, will, He definitely won't be playing. She's obviously a big Sixers fan as well, but um, it's been a while since the Lakers were good, and especially since she's been to a Lakers game when they were good. We haven't gone yet this season. Um, I think she will... I think she will be a nightmare if the Lakers, if LeBron like dunks all over and beat or something like that. She will like, <laughs> like, like throw me in the aisles and start like choking me or something to uh, prove a point. So we'll see if that can Yeah. She'll be a nightmare. True. What a great quote. Uh, and, and finally from Ben, by the way, Eric from Miami, uh, the, a just, <clears throat> if, if you think we haven't gotten over the hinky thing, Eric from Miami is, is, by far, he's like Dietrich level in his not getting over the hinky thing. Um, and finally from Ben, Hey guys, uh, been a listener for over a year. Love the pod. I'm a student at Belmont university, drew Hanlon's alma mater. And I just found out that Hanlon is coming to give a talk to Belmont students next Friday, February 1st. What should I ask him? Why couldn't he fix faults? Has he ever listened to the pod? Let me know. One question from drew Hanlon for I drew think Hanlon. This guy DM me also, I think I, I, DM him back, but I would just say he's not going to talk about faults specifically. Uh, there's not a chance. I, yeah, he can't. I would. I would try to ask, like, he "Hey, can. do you have any regrets?" Is what I told this guy. I was like, "What do you do? You regret, like, you know, whether it's taking it or whether it's oh, whatever, that's like, a good question. making it public, whatever it is." Um, I wonder how reflective he is, or if he is just pure sweat till he dies. Uh, type. <laughs> Nothing I've ever done is wrong. Okay. Yeah, pure sweat till he dies. Um, before we go, uh, because I, I have to go, I wanted to um, I recommend a quick Jorge Gutierrez recommendation corner. I believe the best uh, pop star alive today that is not famous enough is named Julia Michaels. She was a uh, a writer for a while, and now she does her her own stuff. She has a new EP out called Inner Monologue Part One. Um, if you can listen to one song on it, it there's one with Selena Gomez uh, called Anxiety. Just awesome. Julia Michaels is awesome. Her other EP is awesome. It's called Nervous System. Huge Never heard Julia of her. Michaels fan. So uh, she's great. Okay. She's great. Uh, I would great. recommend a movie I just yeah. watched, which I believe is oh yeah what on Amazon Prime. Um, it's called Leave No Trace. It's directed by Deborah Granick, who directed uh, Winter's Bone, which was the movie that uh, Jennifer Lawrence kind of uh, was discovered at, or at least her as a serious actor was discovered by. Uh, Leave No Trace is uh, oh yeah, pretty cool about two people, a, f- a father and daughter, like living off the land in uh, in Oregon in Portland, and like having to. Like they choosing to live off the land rather like he, he was a war veteran and stuff. So it's like sad, but it's it's like it feels very real and authentic and uh the acting is really, really good in it. And it's a nice it's a quick, nice watch. Leave no trace. Cool. Yeah. My my wife has suggested it a couple of times. So um 
uh, what was the last? Oh, and I, I would also like to say that Ryan Phillippe being invested in every Sixers game and tweeting about them is uh, a new favorite thing on Twitter for me. Um, it is it random. Is, yeah. I think he's from Delaware. Um, but it, it's nice to know that there's like a movie star out there that is sitting there watching Sixers uh, Nuggets movie, on Saturday movie star, night. What a, what a generous, <laughs> like the rest generous of us gift are. Oh, come on. Go, oh, please. You, there is, you there is no reason that M. Night Shyamalan has want? not been on this podcast yet. So uh, what's the deal? And yeah, I would agree with you. Well, he's, I, I've, I've emailed his, uh, uh, Weber gave me his assistant, connected me with his assistant, and I've tried to get him on, I've made the dual ask about him on WIP and him here. And I get the, oh, sounds like a good idea. Let me check on it. Sorry, we'll pass. So everyone should tweet at him, maybe, you know? Um, maybe he's too busy making movies wow. to get 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. He's got a nice so string it, of those it's, going. It's all love for Ryan Phillippe, <laughs> and it's nothing but slings and arrows. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yes. Uh, all right. That's it. Uh, we will we will talk to you this week. The, the West Coast trip continues at Lakers on Tuesday. Yeah. And, uh, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, you are you done with TTP? Lick face. We are the murderous pair. Dead with the jail and we murdered the murderers there. Then with the hell and discovered the devil delivered some hurt and despair. Used to have power to push. Now I smoke power to push.